All right. So I'm going to record the second part, our family history. Probably going to take more than two, but I'm going to get some of the important stuff today. I made some comments in the first one. I need to clarify them because I got a call. I got a call from somebody, so I need to clarify something. Um, first of all, I made a comment about, well, I didn't want, you know, I say something about the origin of our name, where, we're, where we got our name, why we got our name. It, the only thing I meant was I'd mentioned it before that we have some Jewish ancestors and that it, it, somebody questioning about it like that, like, it, I don't know if it upset them or what, but the whole thing is the, the original spelling is A-N-A-I-A-H, just like Isaiah, the name Isaiah, it's I-S-I, I mean A-I-A-H, it's the same thing, it means God answered, today the Jews spell it I-N-A-Y-A, Aniah, but it means God answered, I'm telling you, we got some Jewish people in there. And the reason they took that name is because when the, they had a $50 bounty on scalps for Apaches, they were trying to exterminate us, okay? So they changed their name. I told you, look at that picture of Ephraim, my great-grandpa. You can tell he's Indian. He's native. He just cut his hair, put some grease in it, slicked it back, and he's like, now I'm Mexican. Okay, they had to kind of hide out, man. They were killing everybody down there. So that's one of them. I'll get into that more. I know a little bit more about that. I'll get into that. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And then another one is uh, I said my great-great-grandpa, Marcelino, that he was a cattle rustler. And what I meant was that's operating under the assumption that we were squatters on our own land. No, that was their land. They'd worked that stock for years and years. They helped build that stock up in that area so just because somebody filed a piece of paper and said hey man this is all our land now regardless of all the families that have been living working that land for generations fuck them you know that was his cattle he started moving it around just shuffling it around that's all he was doing so uh that i didn't mean i should have just said he's a cattle baron or cattle seller and buyer but they called it rustling because you know, what I just explained. But anyway, uh, th all that plays a part, too. All that plays a part. I'll get into it, uh, get into that in a minute. Oh, yeah. Also, <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of this part, a lot of my family does know, or a few of my cousins, but my great-grandmother, maternal side, she had 18 children, okay? And... uh it's like this the oldest ones by the time some of the younger ones were born they didn't even know the older ones they were either gone already or dead because uh i don't want to get into too much of you know why she had that I mean just the way things were going on there was a revolution going on down there they were just taking whatever they wanted women included so uh but one time the story goes is one time she was pregnant about to domino and she went down to the river to get some water. When she came back, she had a baby with her. She had her baby. Why she'd gone down there to get some water? But like I say, there's other people in the family know that. That's true. But I thought what well, she walked down there with a bucket or something. No, what it was is there was a cart and a donkey, and a lot of people went put their uh, 
you know, the containers to get water on that. And the burro would take it down to the river. Well, she rode on there because she was pregnant. I mean, real pregnant, but they needed water. So she went. When she came back, she had the baby with her. So I asked my grandma one time, where were you born, grandma? She goes, well, I don't know. It just depends where the cart dropped me off at. So I don't know if that was her. And she didn't know. That was just a little joke that somebody was born on that cart and dropped off somewhere. That's where they were born. That's what I meant. I said the horse dropped them off, but it was the cart. That's what I meant to say. And my cousin Linda, she knows that one. Grandma used to tell us that, that her mother went down there pregnant and came back with the baby, you know? Yeah, it was hard back then for her, man. It was kind of funny, too. But, uh, okay, so, like I said, uh, Marcelino, now, remember, all this land, and, and it's real easy for people to just look at the black and white and say, oh, well, they did this, and they're supposed to leave and do that. No, man, you know, just, it's like I can drop myself right into that situation and hear the conversations. What kind of stuff are they talking about? Well, I don't know, man. They're saying that we got to leave. Well, who's saying we got to leave? Well, man, they fired some paper. They filed paper with some courts or something. They say, we got to go. This belongs to somebody. And they're thinking, well, who in the fuck does it belong to? We've been here for 50, 60 years. Tell me who does it belong to? They're trying to make sense from this. Well, make a long story short, they did stay on the land. Like I say, they were called squatters for a while. But the owners weren't pressing it. Okay, they weren't pressing it. They won't let them stay there. But if, if, if it ever came down to it, it was a money deal or they wanted them all off because eventually they did leave. They ended up having to leave. But <clears throat> Jay, check this out. You talk about a twist in the, look. So that all that tract land in Presidio County, all that land, hundreds of thousands of acres, it's owned by the Williams Ranch now. Okay, I did some escape. I, I found out anyway a long time ago. But when I worked for Fox 24 in Odessa, we had a show called On the Road with Fox West Texas. And I was a cameraman, and I'd go out wherever. We'd do all kinds of shows. Okay, so one time we did a Fort Davis and, and uh, Marfa in Presidio. Okay, they made several movies. There Will Be Blood, No Country for Old Men down there. But now, There Will Be Blood with Daniel Day-Lewis and all that. Now... They made that on the Williams Ranch, you know, that part of where our land was out there somewhere. So we go out there. They had the, the, the movie front, the fake fronts from the movie, some of the shots out there, and a railroad track, just about 100 feet of train track where the, it pulls into the station, one of the shots. And uh, we were talking, and, and this guy's telling, and, and our, my producer, the dude that was there with me, Cliff Volk, he's cool as shit, man. Nobody liked him up there at Fox either, probably because he fucked with me. But we take off to go do a, uh, a shoot, and, man, we get stoned, man. We get fucked up. And he just, he did Daniel Day-Lewis impressions too, especially from that movie, There Will Be Blood. But anyway, we'd get stoned and go out there together and do stuff and have a blast. But so he's talking to this dude and he asked him, cause this guy that was showing us around, he was family to the Williams ranch. He was a caretaker. He was there. And, uh, and, and Cliff said, so what's up? How'd y'all get this under the Homestead Act? And he says, yeah, man, my great-great-grandpa or something. And I said, yeah, my great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, they had some land around here, right down there by the river in uh, Redford. And he turned around and looked like, 
how my grandpa stole all that land how'd y'all get you know you could see the look on his face he's trying to figure out well how'd y'all get it if if my grandpa was since the tech you know but he just didn't know we'd been on that fucking land you hear me so anyway and i didn't say nothing but i was just thinking wow man that's crazy you know anyway so we're out there and we went right down there not by the river but we was close to it and uh there was some guys out there, and I said, man, what are these dudes? They workers? They don't look like farmhands. He goes, man, they work for the government. All they do is out here, they, they look at the water, but they just track people. There's a lot of people that come through with backpacks and mochillas, you know, uh, backpacks, you know, with loads. And these motherfuckers just sitting around when they see somebody walking, they just call it in and say, hey, man, there's somebody over here by such and such, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so, okay, look. Now... There was different direction. There was a division back then because my great-grandfather, Ephraim, he had already seen there's some trouble brewing with his dad, with Marcelino and the Texas Rangers. There was some shit that went down a long time ago. And first, oh, yeah, let me let me clarify something else, too. Before somebody or, or some, if somebody's wondering, well, how, how come Grandpa talked to you about certain stuff? Well, you know what? He always talked about it, and I can't count how many times when we were sitting there together me and a few cousins and when he'd start talking about the past they'd get up oh i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna go in there they ain't trying to fucking hear it they didn't want to hear it for whatever but i like that i like being around adults older people i didn't like hanging around no fucking kids so i would listen to him i'd listen to him and when me after my grandma died me and grandpa were together for a while and we got drunk one night and we took off to Odessa. Man, we got caught in that tornado. I got thrown in jail in uh, uh, Colorado City. And he went on, tor missed the tornado. I mean, we went through it. And when we were coming back, he's like, man, one of us missed death. And I'm like, I don't know. but We both got saved, I think. If I wouldn't have got pulled over and gone to jail and got saved there, and you wouldn't have. Because he just barely beat that tornado. He caught the rain and the wind. And, uh. And, and, but you know what? I'm telling you, not only that, but I made a trip one time when I was young and I come back, I was a little upset and things didn't go the way I wanted. A lot of things went wrong and he could tell and I needed to talk to him. And one of his friends was there and I was waiting for him to leave, but he said, come on in here, son, what's going on? And man, I broke down. I broke down. I said, man, I'm worried something happened and I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen on this level and on another level i'm just concerned and uh so i told him and we were you know he just you know as usual we smoked one and and sitting there and he wasn't just talking man he just comforted me and then that's when he told me that story about going out on a hobo when he left and he said shit happens son you know shit happens and we have to do things sometimes and then the other guy proceeded to tell me about his first kill and it was like, you know, I started thinking, we're fucking, we're still, the planes have changed, but man, we're still what we are, man. We're fucking, we're human and we're men and shit happens and man, we're going to take care of ourselves. That's just the way it is. So after that, man, he could, he could talk to me about anything and I'd come over and I'd talk to him about anything. And man, I'm telling you, man, me and my grandfather had a bond and my grandmother too. I don't know what it is, but we... You know, I, I was there and listened. Maybe because that was the thing. I always wanted to be around them. I always wanted to listen. So anyway, 
All right, so this is the deal. His father told him, Ephraim told my grandpa that his dad, his Marcelino, had got into it because over this land shit, when they started, no, okay, yeah, you're going to let you live here, but now, now the water rights and the, the cattle and all this shit, they start regulating. All right, well, one of the men that lived out there knew what was going on and never said nothing, and he was real good friends with the rangers, and this was in, I'm going to say 1860s, 1870s, because my, my great-grandpa was only like 10 or 15 years old. If he was born in 50, so it was about 65 1865, 1870. So, uh, right around the Civil War getting started. So, uh, this dude was fucking corroborating with the rangers and they knew about it, man. And they killed him, threw him in the fucking river. And, and man, they started a big shit about it, you know, and, uh, they wanted to leave, but it would look bad. So they stuck around. And they said, anyway, all of a sudden my grandpa, this, my great grandfather disappears, you know, uh, Marcelino, he disappears, but what he does is he runs off to, he goes to Chihuahua, he goes with some Indians, uh, the, they call the, the Tarahumara, they're known for running, long distance runners, and they're known for making beer out of corn, real good beer, but he'd go down there and hide with them, and then he'd come back and, and see the family and all that. But they were looking for him, okay? It was never said, yeah, we, they, we accused him. But they knew, somebody knew, you know, that there were some trackers. And you think about it, it's crazy because there's, look, Lipan Indian, they're known for being trackers. I mean, they track a snake across a flat rock. That's how bad these motherfuckers are, you hear me? So apparently think about it like back then they called in some trackers hey man we're gonna look at this look around where did this motherfucker get killed at we found his body over here they scalped him who scalps like this it was forensics fucking back then they bringing somebody in look at this scalp who scalps like that who does this shit you know so before shit hit the fan he burned off he'd still come and see him and that's why they say hey man the when you saw him, you only spoke Apache to him. You better not fucking speak English to him. He slapped the fucking taste out of your mouth. He did not. He would. He did not like them. These people at all. So that grandpa said, "Man, this dude came around. He was an old man. If you spoke to him, you spoke to him in Apache. If you didn't, he would slap you." So, you know, they learned real quick. Anyway, uh, so he was still in the picture, but he, when he died, he was in Mexico in Chihuahua, he was in the mountains and trust me, people get lost and never found again in them mountains over there. Look it up, read it. I'm telling you, you get lost and you'll never be found in the mountains in Chihuahua. All right. So he was out of the picture so they can still work the land. But now they're like, you know what? We're just fuck it. We're going to leave. There's too much shit going on. There's still people that remember shit, too. And now grandpa's dead. Uh, uh, great grandpa died. But look, there was also smuggling going on. Man, look, there was too much money to be made right there. Their land was right on the river. A lot of our other cousins know that certain times of the year, uh, um, the water goes way down the river. Fuck, this was before the dam. Once they put the dam up, the Colorado River Dam, it fucked it all up. But before that, the steel went, and you could walk across it and right there by their land. It was sandy, you know. They'd drive across, a truck across it if it was real low. 
you know anyway so there was too much money to be made right there man but it was too tempting it was getting bad so they thought fuck it we're gonna move you know and uh plus the brothers it was look if you've ever if you've never seen pictures i'm much i ain't got any no more but somebody's got some man these men were handsome you know charismatic people wanted to be around them and do business with them so there was all kinds of shit going through that border through their land and and after great grandpa was gone it was wide open but they knew they weren't stupid they knew we got to go or we're going to get hit or killed so they took off in Colorado City and then you know Santos they, he burned off way in the fuck up to Wisconsin but First, they were in Colorado City, and then they started spreading out because they had to be in other parts. They couldn't be together. It was just, it, you know, they, they were too big. They were destined to start their own shit wherever they went, and that's what they did. One went to West Texas, my Uncle Juan. He started his own dynasty there. We ended up in Dallas-Fort Worth and started something over there and just started branching out in uh, Santos in Wisconsin. And that pretty much legal. That's I think he was smart and got the fuck away from us to stay legal and all his kids. I don't think none of them went to prison or nothing. All of us, we had to go through it, but that's okay. You know, we're still here. And, uh, okay, look, so after the, something went down when Grandpa got back. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. I got ahead of myself on the, I'm going to break it down because right there, before he gets back, I don't want to go to the depression, uh, to the Volstead Act, you know, prohibition yet, because that's where they really made all their money, but they moved to Colorado City. That's when, when me and grandpa in 1986, when we made that trip, that road trip, when my grandma died, I made two road trips, one in my car and one in, in his car. And uh, I had blew my motor coming back, and I met a man that knew my grandfather that bought beer and moonshine off him and his brother in Colorado City. I'm telling you, it's a small world, and I met all these people for a reason. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself again. I got to take a break, and uh, I'm going to get back and do another, another part in a little bit. All right.